2: Hello and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're tuning in, hit subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, you know the drill. Today's episode brings us to Toronto, where we catch up with the talented and soulful Mr. Jesse Gold. Jesse has been honing his skills as a guitarist and songwriter from around the time he could walk, and it shows in his wide-ranging abilities. Polishing his skills at Berklee College of Music, yes, another one we talked to that had gone to this prestigious university, getting some studio time with big names like Babyface and Craig David, and always seeking to play with musicians better than himself, Jesse is always trying to learn and grow. He has a new EP dropping in March that we encourage you to be on the lookout for. Definitely check it out. I've listened to it. It's amazing. Who performs his latest single, We Good, live on the show. So here we have Jesse Gold.
3: should we start again if we did die? I know that we've been wishing the best and on to the next fight <laughs> Tell me that you're not alright. Tell me
2: that you're not all right. Yeah, I this is one of the questions that I have because this is something that through this podcast, I've been learning more and more about and it's leading up to the release of something. So you've got all this hard work behind you and now you're kind of in this like waiting phase and you're kind of doing some publicity and kind of probably re just finalizing some things. I'm just curious what this is like, the anticipation.
1: Yeah, I think that anticipation period is probably, like, the the, the hardest part. I I think, actually, some of the (laughs) hardest work. Like, the making of the record is, like, the fun, cool, exciting, easy, easy, easy part. Because, like, that's just, that's what I do, right? But everything after that point and before it comes out, that's the hardest work to me. Um, And also, I've always said, like, you... You never forget a release date because it's just burned into your mind. Yeah. Because I'm like thinking about that date like for for months. Honestly, like like records get done, and then like sometimes it's a couple months before, sometimes longer before anything's out. Um, yeah. So like I can remember my release dates like from two years ago because this anticipation period was just so intense and just like you're just thinking about a date and everything you have to do before that date you know so uh yeah it's an intense little
2: little time yeah it turns out absolutely yeah. especially now when it's we're all sitting in a situation where we don't have much else to think about so you can just dwell yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: oh i do a lot of dwelling <laughs> <laughs> good a lot of, a lot of dwelling. so you've got a couple of new releases out um one in a million and another one called not all right the yeah. former as I'm listening to it, and I think I read a little bit about this, where you had talked about it, um, was a, it's kind of a story of meeting someone new, and then the latter being not all right is seems to be more about trying to move on, moving yeah. on in some way, shape, or form. And are these autobiographical, or are we getting a glimpse into just your imagination?
1: I think um, not all right. The latter is definitely autobiographical. Um, that's kind of me trying to find uh, a new and unique way to write about a breakup, which is a challenge that I often find myself taking part in. Um, the, the first song, One in a Million.
3: Now I've got this drink in my hands. I take another sip and say, Yo.
1: Um, that's more of a of a glimpse into my imagination. That was that that song came from the idea of of wanting to write about something warmer and you know this this kind of vision of a house party and like friendship and and like flirting across the room um, yeah. and just it kind of came from this just nice idea which you know as COVID hit the idea of the song kind of got warmer and more nostalgic as we couldn't do those things. So that song is definitely more, I mean, especially now of a piece of my imagination. Um, It's like this thing that I really wish I could do right now, which is just like be at a warm house party with friends and loved ones and like flirt with someone and just like have fun and drink. Um, And then, and not all right is, is, you know, I'm talking about something pretty personal in my life and yeah. uh, just trying to find a cool way to do it, which always is like therapy to me helps me kind of get rid of those feelings um, by making it rhyme. So I think those two are actually pretty different um, in terms of like how I did them.
2: Well, that's interesting. It's kind of being able to come from both of those places with with something like one in a million where you're kind of creating this, this scene and you're, you're almost like writing you know, a little short story in a sense of this thing that happens. Is it, is it something that is, you're manifesting as you go or are you intentional with it where you're like house party now let's visualize this scene or does it just kind of like come into your head? I think the way I write most songs is it's usually
1: music first. And I usually Mm -hmm. will sing some sort of gibberish over music that I start to like. Um, that's just kind of always how I've done it since I was a kid and so I can't specifically remember with one in a million but I imagine that I had started singing some sort of gibberish uh, to the to the effect of "Uh,
3: uh, uh,
1: uh, (laughs) and then I kind of got probably one in a million and then like once you kind of have like a piece of an idea it just kind of all starts to come together at once and like I remember I remember thinking um And writing this with Steph Kimber, who I wrote it with, um, you know, we were we were talking about what if two people are really into each other, but they don't want to say it? Um, And how can we how can we get that across and have them eventually say it? And that's when we started being like, what if they're at a house party? And what if they're, you know, what if they're just a little bit uh, tipsy and flirting and then that whole imagery started to like really form and then that imagery fed into other lines and it all kind of started to snowball um, but I think it probably started with some some honestly gibberish that I was singing that probably turned into the line one in a million that I liked and, and yeah. it all just became clear
2: from there. It's a great hook I think for me the most uh, relatable line of gibberish that turned into an amazing <laughs> song is Scrambled Eggs which turned into Yesterday. yeah exactly there you go um that's exactly that's exactly so same context um okay so let's go back a little bit i read a story that you seem you seem to have to tell this story a lot so i was trying to like rephrase a question that didn't have to make you tell this but your three-year-old self driving with your parents aerosmith comes on and that song ends and shortly thereafter you just kind of blurt out that you want to play guitar and i'm wondering do you have do you ever have any desire to get a big loud band behind you as a like in the realm of Aerosmith?
1: Yeah, I mean, always I I grew up playing in bands. Uh, okay. And, you know, I went to school for music. And so I've always I've I've taken band class and I've been in many bands growing up. Um and you know, like really up until the pandemic hit, like I was I, I it's it's always my first choice to have a band behind me because yeah. I I am uh, like a real musician who loves to play and jam with other musicians. I grew right. up playing guitar from the age of three, right? So live performance is like a, I, I, would, I would argue my number one asset as an artist. Um, it's something that I am the most comfortable doing. So I always lean towards um, a band show. Yeah. I like to say that every show is a rock show. Um, You know, all of my favorite shows that I've seen, hip hop, R&B, whatever it may be, they're all like full band rock shows. And like, that's so exciting to me. Um, And I just, I really gravitate towards a big live band live show. So Yes is the short answer. Um, I've done it for years. I wanna keep doing it. I want the band to grow. And I, I'm really excited to bring the new stuff I'm writing to a band setting. Like to me, this is the most, um, the most uh, like accepting uh, music for a band, if that makes sense. It <laughs> does, like, yeah. This music that I'm writing now lends itself the best to playing in a band is exactly well phrased, very well phrased. (laughs) It's early in Toronto.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I thank you for doing it at this time. Um, What is um, this has me wondering now a little bit about you coming from the producer side of things. Now you write these songs. This is a lot of stuff when you listen through your catalog, sounds like it's mostly just you plucking on the guitar. Sure. And then there's you're you're throwing in some stuff behind it. There's plenty of other sounds and drum tracks and things like that. But if you get into this band setting, are those parts written already? Is the bass player's part written? Is that, or did they kind of have some leeway to go where they want with it?
1: Um, I think always it's good to give leeway if, if yeah you can. Um, like I said, the new music that I have that I'm writing and that I'm coming out with to me, um, it's a lot easier for a band to kind of just like pick up and start jamming which to me is a, is is a great sign of of very listenable music um and i think that some of my older stuff would have been a different case where it's like you got to learn this part because it's like integral to this part and 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 you know i think i was writing a lot of those older songs um a little bit more technically and okay. and kind of around the production it was like we had a a a great kind of beat. And I had an idea and they kind of like came together at once. Whereas this new project, I've really taken time to focus on the songwriting. And I I don't touch production until the song is completely written, revised, and I'm really happy with it. And I think that that has really Um, improve the quality of the song and then and i think that that's going to lend itself again to a band really nicely because you know if the song is the strongest thing we got then the rest will kind of just fall around it yeah i've seen it happen so that's kind of um what i'm feeling with this new stuff that is really exciting to me
2: well and i really love this quote that you have that um you want shareable you want to make shareable music you want people to be texting the link to the song before it's over and i I think that that's such a what a great place to try and set a goal i just haven't heard it phrased in that way and i really like that i
1: mean i get asked a lot of questions um about what i what i want for my music and and you know what certain things mean and you know what my goals are like when i hear a good song that i instantly i'm like yo what is this yeah the first thing i do is send it to my brother or my best friend like that that's the number one thing i do and that is such a, a huge sign of like this is a great song that i want to listen to over and over and over again so that you know that goal might not be so so deep uh like when you say it out loud but that <laughs> is truly a goal of mine it's like I want people to hear something upon first listen and come back and want to listen again immediately before the song's done and send it to
2: someone. No, they're like, that's what I want. It's similar to this. I had someone, and I don't think I've had, I don't think I interviewed this person, but I I talked to someone, this was a couple of years ago in the music industry, and they gave me a similar answer of, I just would love, a dream of mine would be to have a song come on the radio and people listen to it and have to pull over. Because they was, don't want to focus on anything else besides what's coming into their ears.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or or like
2: when I I go into like my
1: analytics and I see how many people like Shazammed my song this week, that's <laughs> yeah. like, yo, somebody heard it and was like, I need to know what this is. That's and cool. And me, that's a huge
2: win. Like that's, that's really exciting for me. You know? I didn't even think about the back end of Shazam that the artist has. Yeah. That's or, really cool.
1: Or, you know, you can ask Siri, what song is this? Right? Like, yeah. I do that all the time. Like if I hear a song in the car or or in a, I actually do this a lot when I'm watching shows. If I hear a song like in the credits of a show, I would just be like, what song is this? And then that becomes my favorite song of the week, month or whatever. And that's like, that's a huge win for the artist but it's a huge win for me as a consumer and listener. Like that's exciting to have found something. And so if I can do that for other people, that's a big win.
2: Yeah, no, what yeah. a what a great goal to have. Okay, so let's kinda take it back to three year old you. Start learning guitar. Um, and then you end up you're I've had I can't believe how many people I've had the good fortune to talk to have gone to Berkeley like you have. Sure, um, yeah. What an amazing place of creativity it seems. Definitely. And yeah. um what what it, it has me thinking that you the longevity that you've had playing guitar. I love how you play it. I Thanks. do. When I play guitar, I tend to play a little bit more percussively because I'm a drummer more by trade and I love this style. So, what got you playing in that way? I think it's a
1: couple things. I think it's a mix of who I listen to and admire as guitarists and musician, who I grew mm-hmm. up listening to. Um, I would give most of the credit to James Taylor, um, okay. who I really grew up listening to, who is, in my opinion, you know, one of the greatest acoustic guitarists of all time. Um, And and really, like, similar to Aerosmith, like, my parents grew up playing James Taylor. um, And that's, that's what I listened to when I was growing up. And so when I gravitated towards the guitar, you know, maybe for other reasons, not James Taylor, but that I started to learn his songs and they were really intricate. And it kind of taught me to, you know, without getting too technical, taught me to, to break up my hands and 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 do bass with my thumb and and uh chordal stuff with the other fingers and and there was just like a lot going on for it wasn't basic guitar playing. Um so I think learning from guys like like James Taylor, obviously as like a as a 15 year old guitar player like John Mayer was a huge influence to me as it was for for most people like coming from where I was coming from. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I learned all of those things, but I would, I would give the credit to James Taylor. And then also I, when I came back from school, my first job out of school was I I was playing in hotel lobbies. Um, and I would be playing Mm. for four to six hours by myself. And so when you play like that by yourself, like I, I. I really had time to experiment, but more importantly, like I had to kind of make it sound like it was more than just me there. Uh, And so I started doing more slaps and and like percussive elements on the guitar because, and I attribute like my style now to to playing long, long hours at a hotel by myself um, because I had to figure it out and I had to make it sound bigger than it was. So I think you know that getting my hours in by myself without a band, um, and and listening to cats like that, that the combination of that kind of uh, established what I guess you would call my guitar style today. Yeah,
2: yeah. What a great way to just be thrown into the deep end too—just a gig of that length, just by yourself with one instrument. And when you're talking about James Taylor and learning those songs at, at that age in your teens you're not just playing gdc you're playing these unique fingerings and all that too which is something that you i definitely hear when i hear your song so is that kind of stretching these you know playing a different triad up the neck and getting a different sound out of it is that a thing that you do to like to challenge yourself with that totally people are always you know i get so many messages being like
3: what are your chords what are these chords
1: (laughs) because they're you know they're not i guess conventional uh inversions you would call them and i like
2: tab this one out bitch yeah
1: totally (laughs) you know like um i learned a lot of stuff from other players obviously um and i know like not you know with with james taylor like you know he's been documented to say that like he pulled from a lot of Celtic music and stuff and he kind of combined it with with what he was making and he was into. And and I do the same thing when like um I'll be listening to music that has no guitar in it or or is is in a, a genre that is very far from what I'm making. And and I'll sit with a guitar and I'll see if I can kind of like emulate what that is because it's so far away. And sometimes you get really cool shit, you know? Yeah um and uh but that's to say too like i don't i'm never trying to not be simple i'm just trying to do uh what's cool to me in fact like there was actually a time when i was writing songs years ago i think i had probably just come back from berkeley and like I knew every cool chord under the sun, like some <laughs> weird inversions and some like crazy uh, extensions and on chords and stuff. And like, I was writing songs like with all of them. And I remember like coming back to some songs I'd written with a fresh ear and being like, this music is insane and not, <laughs> we're not, uh, not very listenable. And, you know, for lack of a better phrase, quote unquote, very Berkeley and like very like fresh (laughs) musician kid who learned some cool chords so it's like it's a bit of a balancing act where it's like yes i am capable of doing these things and i can play some wild inversions and chords but it's when to choose to use them obviously um and and not overdo it and uh and that's something i'm i'm always kind of um you know being weary of yeah Um, In my song. Weaving that
2: technical ability and and just trying to find your style within that, I think, is um, an important thing for somebody to try and discover, especially when you have such a technical, long history of learning the the instrument.
0: Um,
2: Okay, so besides your talents as a songwriter and performer, you also do some producing, and I notice it mostly on your song L
3: back and forth, had her feeling ways, now I borrowed tears that were on her face, and it's more on me than I wanted to admit, just another sad story of a mess of kid. Took an L on my baby, that's the vibe as it played, they got along.
2: I yeah. just love all the layers that you got. So did you do that one front to back did, is every piece of music on there you? Uh well, I do co-produce um everything with
1: uh my my best friend and kind of musical creative partner his name's Jack Emblem. We we grew up playing in a band together. Okay. Um, and uh he's a phenomenal drummer and producer, engineer, writer as well. So um it's it's usually him and I but I played most of the instruments on L um, with the exception of, I believe the bass, which is just um, unbelievable. Sick. That's my next question too. Because I, that's I can say unbelievable. it's unbelievable because I didn't play it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so it, it, it was. it's always usually me and Jack in a room uh, playing most
2: instruments, yeah. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class, USB connection. This is good for me, because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport and-use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician, recording vocals, or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? that is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings, it just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So. If you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. Yeah. So, okay, now let's talk about those bass runs a little bit. Were those uh, were those thought out or were they just like, let's go in here and just sit down with a bass and see what comes out?
1: i i wish i could say i played those um that was actually a dear friend of mine named brian jones it took me looking in the mirror
3: for me to finally hear her it's too late
1: He's an incredible incredible musician um and he, he he plays in vampire weekend and he's uh he's played in uh, many bands and the dude's just an incredible musician so he, he was kind enough to uh play um on this record i actually think this was the time when we exchanged favors i he, he made an instant cover album um and i he asked as you him, do <laughs> yeah as you do he, i think that's like his uh his James Taylor is in sync and he made a uh, tribute record for which he asked me to uh, sing on. So that's out there and I'm on that record. But I think in exchange for that, I was like, Hey, I'll sing on this record. Can you play bass on this song? Um, and that's kind of like a musician's friendship for you right there. But he literally, we sent him the track, he sent it back. And I remember just like sitting in my room, listening to what he did and just like jaw dropped. Um, and we didn't touch it and that's what made the record and like people (laughs) to this day bring up those those bass runs
2: um so oh it's unbelievable so did you did he have any notes or did you guys just not even say anything and you had no idea what to expect it's so funny we (laughs) every time i
1: use another musician for my stuff i send the same email which my my, which jack has called me on but we always kind of say like Here's what we're thinking. We would love (laughs) it if you would do this, 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 and this, and we kind of give our directions, but then we go, "But do whatever you want, and and do whatever you hear, (laughs) and whatever you feel." Um, Which is just like classic. I'm like protective of my song, but it's also like I want people much better than me on it. Um, And I, I think Brian is a perfect example of that. He he really brought the song to life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it helps people stay loose, I think, when you kind of give them, like here's because you're just kind of like planting the seed a little bit because you know that's going to stay in their mind, but then all of a sudden you're like, but you know, you can just fuck off and do whatever you want in the end too. We don't really. Yeah, care.
3: That's,
1: I mean, yeah, you don't you want to let great people be great. That's what yeah. I've learned. Um and if someone does something incredibly, shut up and just let them fucking do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Okay. Yep. So let's talk about great being great. How has uh collaborating with some amazing people like you have, including Babyface and Craig David, how has that impacted your own music? I mean, those are two
1: legends that I've just been lucky enough to, uh, meet and kind of be around. And those experiences are always, um, really humbling and, uh, really incredible and and they leave they left me very inspired um you know when i with babyface it was for those who don't know babyface is one of the most legendary songwriters on the planet um and r&b artists just an incredible talent and he he was running a songwriting camp he was running a few in different cities around the world, and you know you had to apply and be picked. And uh, I was lucky enough to be chosen in in Toronto, and um, it was literally like you go into the studio with some other artists and Babyface for a week, and you write songs, and he kind of kind of rips them apart in front of you okay. and helps you build them back up. And and so that experience was actually like a very tangible learning experience yeah Um, so when i left there i actually had like knowledge that i of songwriting that i didn't have before Um, and and also just collaboration experience like that that's the biggest thing when when you meet someone whether they're big or not or um, any collaborating experience is always a great learning experience that's what i've and so, with you know, with those guys that you bring up, of course they're legends and and you know my personal heroes, and that's very exciting. But if you just if you remove that at the heart of it, it's just like learning to collaborate, um, learning that you're not as good as you think you are, and there's better people out there, and and those are really valuable lessons to take from from those experiences. And, and bring them to my new music and and what I'm making now and I attribute a lot of where I'm at now to those experiences um of just of just being around different ideas um and
2: learning from people that's really great what an, what I mean just what what a cool thing to go in there I imagine that that humble pie that you get from having a yeah. song tore apart in front of you at first is you're like, what did I just sign up for? But then the constructiveness starts coming in. and You're like, okay, um, what did I, I? I just can't even imagine that being a songwriter and just leaving with those tools and those gifts. And just I, I can see that being something where you're like, I'm ready to hit the ground running now. Let's go record some songs. Totally.
1: It's. Uh, it was. Yeah, those were amazing experiences. And then you you combine that with like the my my musical ability like on the guitar and the things I was talking about before about, you know, coming from a music school and, and picking and choosing when to to do these kinds of things. And then you had, you now have this, this songwriting experience and, and you're able to, you know, kind of pick and choose what you want to do there. It's like the world is, is huge. Like you have so much to choose from, from all of these different experiences. And that's why, you know, it's, it takes a long time as an artist obviously like that's been my case um, and it's because I've had all of these you know amazing experiences and I've learned so much and I've listened to so much and I've played so much it it to boil it all down to who I am as an artist it's taken some time um, yeah you know and so it's very exciting to be at the point I'm at now. And I attribute well, it really
2: seems things. like you continue to have this willingness to learn, which I think is yeah. really important for someone who's trying to have a career in this, because if you're just going to assume that you know it all at 22, then what? who's to expect you to keep creating amazing things at 50 if you're not willing to keep learning, um, <laughs> which kind of leads me into this. How does this album mark your growth as both a songwriter and a person from, from your past projects?
1: Yeah, I think... I mean, I'll start by saying, I think that every new project is growth because everything I make, I think is better than the last, which is, I hope God willing, how it stays. Yeah. Um, So, you know, just personally, I feel like the songs are better. um, The production is better. Everything is kind of leveled up. So just in my mind, I've grown, which is great. Um, Tangibly, like i see that there's momentum now and there's you know things are starting to snowball which is great and that i you know i do not take that for granted and it takes a lot of hard work so everything is kind of leveling up um and that's what i like to see for for any new project um but also i started working with other people and people that like i said before i think are better than me and i learned a lot from them and and one, you know, the biggest example I can give for this new stuff is that I started uh, co-writing these songs for me, which I have never done in my life, um, okay. until, until this project. There's, there's actually not a song of mine that's been released that's been co-written um, until this stuff now.. I uh, and so I started writing with an incredible writer uh, named Ali Sue. I, I, I have always written for other people. I've always okay. been in the room and co written for other artists. That's just something I love to do. And, you know, I'm versatile genre wise and I love to dabble in other people's yeah. music, but I've never had anybody do it with me. Um, <laughs> and uh, this time around, um, I did. And it's very easy for me to see how it benefited the project. Um, okay. And that's that in short that's where the growth comes from in my mind yeah. for the project.
2: Want well, to dig into that a little bit what about it is um is making you think that this is just leaps and bounds. I have learned so much um
1: even just from Ali as a as a writer. Um, you know, I think you get really comfortable in your own ways when something quote unquote works. So it's yeah. like you know, I wrote my song no good like completely just by myself. And then I made the record by myself, put it out and it like had some traction. I was like, okay, great, that works. Like what I'm doing is reading. And, uh, you know, I think you can get locked into just like doing what you do. And it's not until you push yourself and get a little uncomfortable and a little skeptical of things where where you can really see that growth. Yeah. And like me bringing a writer on for my own stuff. I remember the first time I was like, this is, this is the first session I'm doing for me. Like this feels very strange. Like, yeah, I I don't like, I haven't worked with anyone that I trust enough to like touch my, my own music. Um, and when I found someone who really clicked with it, um, it was just a huge, huge stepping stone in my songwriting, just cause like I learned literal songwriting techniques that I wasn't using. Um, that that she brought to the table, and and also she was just like calling me on things that maybe I was getting to too easily, like a just even a rhyme that was like it was right here. Well, it's like, yeah. well, why pick the one that was right there? Like, is there something deeper we can get into? She just pushed me as yeah. a writer, and and you know, I when the songs were finished, I would read the lyrics, and I would be like, these are insane. Whereas I think, I think when, with my older music, like I would listen to the song and I'd be like, sounds great. And, and so this is really the first time in my life that I, that um, the songwriting took a major uh, front seat. Okay, And and we didn't touch the music um, until that was, until it was reading beautifully off the page. And to me, like that is huge growth. Uh, for me, as an artist, and I'm really yeah.
2: excited about that. You know, almost more <laughs> of a poetic type. Yeah,
1: I mean, the music, a... the music to me has always, you know, knock on wood, come extremely easily. Yeah. it's I, I find that I again, <laughs> I'm knocking on wood like crazy. Like i <laughs> i If I sit down with a guitar, something always comes out. That's okay. just how it's been. And if I sit down on a piano. I will do something that I know I'll walk away and be like, yo, cool idea. Like I could make something of that. Yeah. Um, That is not the case for me lyrically and and story wise. And that's just because I like, I don't know. It's just never been my case. I've always been a music first guy.
2: Yeah,
1: Um, And so to really focus on the other part of it, that doesn't come as naturally to me. um, And just knowing that whatever the music will be, will be great because Fun, easy, exciting part for me. I, I'm like, that's that's the win. Like, let's just focus and work harder on what we haven't
2: done in the past, and, and that's that's where we're we're growing. Yeah, good for you because I think a lot of people would shy away from the more challenging stuff because it is like just grinding your teeth. It's, yeah, it's. I fell victim to that too. Like, I've I've done that. I've
1: I've um, done that in past in the past. So let's to- dig
2: into some of these lyrics now so uh, one of the songs that uh, i think you're gonna perform for us is um we good yeah um so what is the story behind this track this song was kind of um i wanted
1: to get away from relationshipy stuff which i was kind of like in a hole of writing because i was going through it so there yeah. was it was just Everything I was writing was in that kind of space um, and so it and and I wrote this with with Jack and with Ali um, and we you know we kind of were're talking about other areas we could touch on and I said, well like what about the three of us as a team here and that like we are our own little crew and like we don't care what anybody else is doing outside or like and so that's how the idea was born of just like let's make a like this is our crew it's us against the world and and no matter what happens we good um and and that's kind of how the song was born um so it's kind of like a light relatable fun kind of like um kind of fuck everybody uh that's not in your in your squad kind of song um and it's you know to me like super fun and empowering and and that's kind of what i was going for
2: when was it written
1: uh it was written all of these songs that are coming out were written over zoom which is wild um because that is wild Pandemic, so it was sometime in the summer um
2: and and it was probably the last song that was written on this this upcoming project okay so over the summer so this is what I was hearing when I when I'm listening to it is it seems to offer some reassurance in obviously these crazy uncertain times right um, and it was speaking to like the what we're all experiencing and going through given yeah. the current world that we're living in And I was, it makes me, when you think, when you break it down to it's more like we were just kind of talking about our crew. That's what I was wondering is, was it more personal or was it kind of this macro view? Because for me, it was more macro, obviously, because that's what's on the forefront of my mind, kind of going back to how you were like, I was going through these breakups. It was what was in my brain. It's what was coming out on paper. But I was just kind of wondering what you were thinking when you were doing that.
1: Yeah, I think,
2: listen, it's more important what whatever
1: however it speaks to anybody else um you know like i said my intent for writing it may have been one thing but the way you listen to it is another and and to me all that matters is how you listen to it um you know and it kind of goes back to one in a million it's like i wrote it with one thing in mind but then it became something else because of how the world got you know and and it became it felt warmer and became more nostalgic because we you know the world changed so i think I think We Good's another example of that where it's like, yeah, now that I think about it I and listen with fresh ears and I'm out of that writing hole, it's like, oh yeah, like it also kind of means that and, and, and it evolves. And I think that's, to me, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, if a song can like take on a few different meanings for a few different people, then, you know, we're in good shape. Yeah. Um, but, you know, t- to answer your question, um, yeah, I wrote it about kind of me against the world, you know, like a fun like this is it's just me and my my friends against everyone and like we're doing this music thing on our own and like we're going to we're going to like make it and and keep it hot. Like that that was the idea, but um, you know, I think we were very cognizant of the world around us as well and and we definitely like were thinking about like just the title, we good, like that can apply to so much and I think it we can. were keeping that at the forefront of our session like we're writing about one thing but how can we like can it can it go beyond what we're writing
2: about and and um and you know you're telling me that i guess it has so that's great to hear (laughs) no it really has and i i just i'm a sucker for a song that gives out this like collaborating positive message of just like this is happening this is happening everyone's being kind of beat down a little bit but we're good we're gonna we're gonna be fine in the end and i i just i think you really touched on it so so good Thank work you. with that and yeah. um when you're ready let's hear it,
3: hey, yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. Lay it low. nobody asks they know grateful table yeah cause we stay ice cold in the july heat heavy weight so don't take us too lightly keep the circle locked and if you lose that key we're gonna cut you off like you're siamese oh i know we never do what we should cause oh we're so forever misunderstood so we could mm -hmm. We good. Mm -hmm. We good. Yeah, we good. Slow-mo, whenever we walk into the social. Yeah. No, bro, we're not gonna take a photo. So we go home, isolated like we made it. Everybody's sick as fuck. Mm elevated and they hate it pretty much sums it up oh i know we never do what we should cause oh we're so forever misunderstood so we're good mm, we're good mm, we good yeah we could, we could, do 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 do, but do do do, da 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 yeah. Isolated, like we made it. Everybody's sick as fuck, yeah, yeah. it and they hate it. Pretty much sums it up, babe. So we could. Oh, we good, we good, we good, we good, we good, oh no. yeah, we good, we good, we good, baby.
2: Killing it. Thank you. Thing. So good. So wake up, have a cup of coffee, cold voice, and just run some lines with me. <laughs> come
1: on, come on. I'm happy to do it. And and you know, as I was singing that, and I realized I there's the line isolated is in there. And that yeah. probably also made you think about the pandemic. And when I wrote it, I about it that way. yeah um, and uh that was funny. Like literally, as I was just performing that, I was like, oh shit, yeah. We're, isolated isn't it? <laughs> See, so that that you know if a song keeps kind of writing itself after it's already done like to me um that's a banger
2: that's it because you just it's just not a moment in time then right it's a uh, it becomes oh. something like that that you keep on carrying through with you because you go back and you listen to it again in a year or two years and you're like oh this fits me in this way now
1: totally i'd say an- I think i've had that experience with with not all of my songs maybe like one or two and and that's like i look back on some of my older songs and when there's one that i still think is good i'm like okay great <laughs> you know yeah. that's what i'm going for i'm i'm striving to look back in five years and be like i still like that one
2: yeah um, you know so i'm anyway. really curious about this now what's a song that you wish you would have written uh that's a great question there's obviously
1: many yeah that- Are just not coming to mind. But I think, I I think like a a slow dancing in a burning room.
3: It's not a silly little moan, it's not the stone before the calm. This is the deep and dying breath. This love that we've been working on to you like I to so I can feel
1: Or a she, a she Will Be Loved, you know, or a Best Part, Daniel Caesar. Like, I think just a ballad that's really stood the test of time is something yeah. I've always been interested in doing. Um, like, those just timeless songs, um,
2: I, I wish i wish i would written i saw something with mayor and i can't remember if it was with slow dancing or another song but he said that he went back and listened to a bunch of clapton songs from the 80s and he was like he just writes these slow four chord bluesy ballads that yeah. aren't your slow waltzy like three chord traditional blues they're this different thing and he was like i was just striving for that and i think that's kind of where he went with a song like that and i mean you're you're on your way you got you got everything you need for it i haven't heard you do a lot of different genres i haven't heard too much in the blues realm yeah well like i said i mean i i Oh, he's got it, though.
1: (laughs) I got it, though, but it's about when do I use it. Uh, You know,
2: because I could straight up. Okay. (laughs) I can give you blues. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, the song was We Good. The artist was Jesse Gold. Jesse, thank you so much for taking some time and spending it with me this morning. And um, just appreciate it and wishing you the best success. And we're going to do our little part here to help promote these uh, new songs that are coming out because I've had a chance to listen to them. They're great. So good thank work. You. I really
1: appreciate it, man. This was This was awesome. Thank you for having me
2: huge thank you to Jesse. So good. I am such a fan of that style of guitar. And let's face it, this guy's just making baby making music. So a big thank you to him and to you for listening. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you. Get your
3: song back. Get your song back. back.